Hey everybody, Nick Espinoza, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing breaches of the week, but we are focusing on one specific breach that has been all over the news, and that is the warrant that was served on Mar-a-Lago, which is Trump's residence in Palm Beach, Florida. Now, there has been a lot of speculation, a lot of things flying around, all of that. I want to cut through the noise, talk about the facts on the ground, what we know what is speculation, what is probable speculation, improbable speculation, all those kinds of things, and basically go through this. Now, if you are listening on the podcast side of this, I suggest you switch over to the video side because this is actually a PowerPoint presentation that I put together specifically for this. If you still want to listen to me, by all means, go ahead, but I'm going to clearly state everything out. And so first, let's talk about the ground rules here because I think it is important to establish a baseline before we are talking about such a hot button topic. First things first, this video and podcast is not political. I am not getting political here. I don't care if you love or hate or somewhere in between the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. I want to cut through the noise and actually talk about exactly what we know and also the speculation and all of those kinds of things clearly labeling each. Like I said, we're only going to deal with facts here. Speculation will be clearly noted. And with that, let's begin with the facts because this is essentially what we know thus far. A warrant was issued basically to search the former president's uh, residence in Palm Beach, Florida, also known as Mar-a-Lago. That warrant was executed on the 8th of August of this year. So just under a week ago, as I am recording this on Sunday, August 14th. Now, on top of this, what happened here was Attorney General Merrick Garland, he was appointed by President Biden, met with FBI Director Christopher Wray, who was appointed by former President Trump. They both agreed that there was enough evidence and cause to basically request a warrant from what is known as a magistrate judge or magistrate federal judge in this case. So they went to the court system. They basically got Judge Bruce Reinhardt. And if you did not know, uh, judges basically are on rotating. The Department of Justice cannot select the judge they want to go to and, and is specifically to make sure that there's fairness in the judicial system. And Judge Reinhardt agreed with what the FBI and DOJ presented and therefore signed the warrant. The FBI then notified the Secret Service just before they went to Mar-a-Lago to retrieve whatever the warrant stated. So those are essentially the facts that we have on the ground, but there are more facts that we know thus far. Basically, the only person or entity uh, that can freely disclose information on a warrant without going and getting a court order is the named person or persons on the warrant, meaning uh, basically law enforcement can't publicly tweet out or publish or give to the Wall Street Journal, whatever, the warrant themselves without getting a court order. But let's say they're serving a warrant on me, I can give that out to whoever I want. It is mine to do with as I wish. Now, by virtue of that, the former president, he was named on the warrant, had the right to disclose this, but he did not. We don't know why. That is up to him and his legal team. You can speculate as he's trying to hide something or it's strategy, whatever it is. Anything that you think about that is speculation because we do not know exactly why the president, former president, I should say, did not disclose that warrant. And so by virtue of that, the Department of Justice went back 
or I'm sorry, yes, the Department of Justice went back to the judicial branch, uh, Department of Justice is part of the executive branch, and basically went back in front of the judge to unseal the warrant after there were many calls by, by President Trump's supporters to say, let's see the warrant on this. And so basically, Judge Reinhart once again unsealed the warrant, but not before uh, essentially 24 hours was given to the Trump legal team to decide if they wanted to object. They did not. And they had until 3 p.m. Eastern time on uh, the 11th of August, which was last Thursday, to do that. They did not object. And so the judge unsealed the warrant. And we got a look at essentially what the Department of Justice and the FBI were looking at seizing. And here we are now. This is an actual copy of the warrant. Uh, I looked up and verified this. This is courtesy of the Associated Press, although there are multiple publications uh, basically going through this. And so you can see exactly what they were looking for on the warrant here. And so you can see that there are multiple boxes, some things labeled confidential or secret or top secret in two cases, 26A, and at the bottom, 28A. And we'll talk about those in a second here. So this is the warrant. This is the facts on the ground. This is what we know the FBI was looking for. Now, what a box labeled A-32 has in it, we don't know. All we're doing at this point is speculating because this is what the warrant says. The FBI may know this. The affidavit may know this. The affidavit is not public. So anything outside of this list is speculation at the moment. With that, let's keep going because there are more facts on the ground. The accompanying documentation basically, as I just showed you, indicates there are classified documents from, from confidential all the way up to top secret. And so there you go. They were looking to recover top secret and down documents that have some kind of classification from the federal government. Now, for the record, for the record, possession of top secret material, this kind of documentation without prior authorization from the government. I don't care if you're the president or you're just a rank and file soldier that handles this uh, this information for, let's say, the U.S. military. This specifically for the president is a violation of the 1978 Presidential Records Act. I actually list out the U.S. code uh, for that. If you want to go ahead and look it up, and please feel free to do that. Now, this was first put in place due to Richard Nixon attempting to destroy or destroying evidence with the Watergate scandal. It was updated then in 2014 to include electronic records, as well as sending and receiving records outside of official government systems. So there you go. Meaning, President Trump, according to this warrant, had boxes of information uh, that were labeled top secret to classified to secret, all these different kinds of classifications that basically were not properly checked out by the government. And so the Department of Justice issued a warrant to try and retrieve these. And again, the FBI agreed as they were collecting evidence and another branch of government because the FBI and the Department of Justice fall under the executive branch. The judicial branch got involved with the federal magistrate judge, Bruce Reinhardt, and signed off a warrant. That's what we know. That is it. Now, on top of this, there is more because the warrant shows, as I mentioned, that classified top secret files were also part of what the FBI was looking for as they executed on this warrant. Now, to be clear, if you did not know, 
many, many top secret documents uh, that are basically uh, very highly classified or compartmented, uh, basically information can only be viewed in what is known as a SCIF or sensitive comp compartmented information facility. Meaning as you are dealing with this information, you have to be in a SCIF, you cannot be in your home. For example, even if you're the president of the United States, the president in the White House, the actual president right now, if President Biden wanted to deal with uh, these kinds of documents, he would have to be in a skiff. And there is no skiff in Mar-a-Lago. Now, by virtue of that, uh, if you didn't know, essentially these, like I said, are hardened rooms that thwart surveillance of foreign government, eavesdropping, all of that. You check in all of your electronics, your phone stays out of the room, your smartwatch stays out of the room. You know, anything electronic that you have on your person uh, basically has to leave. You enter this room, you handle the documents in this room, and then essentially you leave that room and uh, the documents stay there. You can't take them home to work on them at night. And so by virtue of that, this is everything, everything now that has been confirmed so far publicly um, by the Department of Justice. This is what we know. This is it. Now, let's talk about the speculation because there has been a ton of speculation, some of it probable, some of it improbable. And I think that this is really important because multiple news sources are saying that they have learned from anonymous sources. So we're talking about multiple top tier uh, information gathering sources are saying anonymous sources are telling them that this contained nuclear information, some of the most stringent, stringent compartmentalized data that we have here in the United States for very obvious reasons. If that is true, we don't know what kind of nuclear information we have yet. So right now, this is speculation. Anonymous sources are saying this. We need to have more evidence of this. Now, is this the, the secret nuclear codes or the nuclear football? Is this nuclear information on a foreign government? Uh, is this our nuclear information that could potentially, if falling into the hands of, the, of the, a foreign government, could be a problem? We don't know. We don't know. All we know is what is being reported, but nobody has come out and said, yes, this is this. The Department of Justice has not filed an indictment or a charge stating that nuclear secrets were taken. Understand this is speculation. Now it's coming from multiple news sources, so it probably has a higher probability. But again, we do not have full and formal confirmation just yet. Multiple news sources are also saying that obviously if it's true, it violates the Espionage Act. Now, again, if there are actual nuclear secrets there, they could basically uh, impact or, or be in violation of the Espionage Act. Now, it's also important to note, as I put out here on the screen, that espionage does not require a conspiracy with a foreign government. Breaking national security, meaning you've weakened or gravely weakened national security by, let's say, potentially exposing nuclear secrets or something else that is compartmented in that way, could be part of the Espionage Act, meaning you have hindered or harmed national security. This does not mean that you have to have a conspiracy or collude with a foreign government, foreign operative, or anything like that. There is more speculation as well, because there have been many theories that I have heard in the last couple of weeks as I keep up with the news that basically are unproven. And again, they range from probable, probable, which I've just said, multiple news organizations just saw, just wrote that to more highly improbable. And so let's go some of the go some go through some of those because I think a lot of these two uh, simply just need a, a better explanation as to what they are. So I'm going to list out what it is, and you'll see right next to it, Nick's 
thought. I'm being very direct with what we know, what we don't know, and my own speculation on these points. Again, this is not political. I'm trying to cover all bases here. It's so very important to cut through all the noise and all the hyperbole to make sure that we are being accurate. So first, let's talk about one of those things, because there were just a huge amount of accusations, like a crazy amount of accusations saying that, well, the FBI clearly planted evidence. Obviously, this is coming from those that support Trump very ardently. So here's my thought on this. I think that is highly improbable. Nothing is impossible, right? Everything's possible, but I think this is highly improbable because there's plenty of video surveillance at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, you know, there are plenty of people around with cell phone cameras and all of that. So we will have a recording of FBI agents coming in and out. The oversight that that essentially Congress has on both the Department of Justice and the Federal Bureau investigation also mean that they would have to account for, let's say, you know, throwing in flashbangs and shooting guards and, you know, doing whatever it is, like, you know, and then planting evidence, uh, that would be a very, very difficult thing to do. Not to mention the fact that a, a warrant was actually signed by a judge, which again, is in a different branch of the federal government than the FBI and the DOJ. And they're one of many rotating judges to ensure fairness. So I think this is just very highly improbable uh, that this happened. But here we are. Now, on top of that, uh, one of the other ones that we heard was that basically, well, President Trump didn't know what were in these boxes and therefore they're not liable. And so here's my thought on that because I think that's actually irrelevant. Even if he had no clue and his people were taking this, the Presidential Records Act requires a full accounting of all presidential documentation at all times. And he would have many stewards in his inner circle, in the executive branch to ensure that those documents were properly checked in, checked out, all those different kinds of things. That simply, quite frankly, does not appear to have happened. Again, speculation, but it does not appear to have happened because essentially the, the uh, DOJ and the FBI went and got a warrant because they didn't think it happened. And so I don't think this argument would be able to hold up in court, meaning like, I'm sorry, Your Honor, I didn't know there was a dead body in my trunk, you know, and, and maybe I didn't, maybe I really didn't, but it's very hard to prove. So I think that is that is going to be an irrelevant argument that's not going to hold up in court. But I've heard that one bandied about around as well. Another one I've heard is, well, Trump stated that he should get the documents back that were seized, obviously, because they included attorney client material, all that kind of stuff. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I'm the first to admit that I'm absolutely not a lawyer, but a, a warrant allows law enforcement to seize what a judge has authorized. And so if those boxes included, let's say, that kind of material and a judge authorized it, then they are within their rights to actually take that. Obviously, attorney-client material cannot be used against a defendant in court. And I will also point out that uh, since President Trump made that statement on his social media platform, Truth Social, it also technically invalidates that the, the FBI theory that they planted evidence if he's saying, I want my documents back, meaning there you go. So I, I think that that kind of invalidates that. Uh, but there you go. I think they are allowed to do this. Now, there's more speculation as well that we have seen. And one of those is, well, President Trump declassified all of these materials before taking them to Mar-a-Lago. That may be true, but that also doesn't hold up in the in the Records Act, the Presidential Records Act, in the sense that documents still have to be checked in, checked out. Even if they're declassified, it means they lose their sensitivity. But obviously, that's a huge thing. Then my other question would be, why does the warrant say top secret material? Because there is a paper trail to declassify something, meaning if President Trump or Biden or Obama or W or Clinton all the way back, you know, for however long says, 
I'm going to declassify X, there has to be a receipt. There has to be a justification to say this is no longer relevant. And now it's recorded. That way, the document moves from one part, which is top secret, let's say, to declassified and publicly available. This is for things like the Freedom of Information Act and, uh, you know, and all those kinds of things. And so if President Trump actually declassified 100 percent of everything that the DOJ and the FBI seized under this warrant, then they it would be declassified. There would be a paper trail that that the, the executive branch could produce to basically say, yes, President Trump actually did that. We have yet to see that. And here we are. That should be readily available, especially in such a, a a serious situation like this. On top of it, we've also seen speculation that President Trump was working with the Russians or the Saudis or, you know, take your pick, you know, which is why, you know, all of these documents. He recently at one of his golf clubs, I believe it was the one in New Jersey, had a uh, golf tournament hosted by the Saudis, uh, you know, there. And there were protests there and all that. I'm not getting into that. But my point is that people are saying, oh, well, he's clearly in bed with Putin or he's in, you know, he's in he's in bed with the House of al-Saud or something like that. Again, this would be need, needed to be proven in court. This is pure speculation. You would need some serious, concrete evidence to charge a former president. Again, I don't care what you think of him, but this would require serious, serious, concrete evidence. It also could be in part why the DOJ was looking deeply at this to the point where they needed a warrant. But again, that is my speculation. And there you go. I mean, if that is actually the case, then maybe they thought that. But again, it's all speculation. We don't have proof or evidence. Nobody has come out to say, yes, we're charging the president with this and we can prove it in court or at least attempt to prove it in court. Again, speculation. I cannot stress that enough. On top of this, I've, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, well, the, the, the FBI actually acted like the Gestapo, the Nazi police. They raided his home and all of this kind of stuff. And my thought, my speculation, my answer on this, my thinking is, no, I, I don't think they did. Serving a warrant is not a raid. They told the Secret Service that is not in dispute ahead of time. So it's not like they were kicking in doors and the Secret Service thought they were under attack. This was a coordinated effort. They also were not showing up in tactical gear. You can see pictures of FBI agents that are armed, everything from long guns such as AR-15s, you know, and, and other types of rifles and weapons like that. But there was no breach of a door. There was nothing like that. The only thing that we know for certain that essentially had to be cracked was the safe uh, that Donald Trump had, President Trump, former President Trump had, that was part of the warrant where, where they were allowed to uh, search and therefore they were legally able to do that. And so by virtue of that, this was not some kind of armed standoff. And I think it's, I personally, and again, speculation, I was not there, do not think this was a raid. This was the serving of a warrant, which I think is a different thing. And so with that, those are some of the key speculations, and there's others out there as well. I'm sure I've missed stuff. Feel free to comment. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one, but I think it's really important to cut through the noise. And so let me give you my parting thoughts on this, which are very quick. First things first, I don't care if you love or hate them, but whether you do, it's important to deal with the evidence only. Everything else is speculation what I list as fact is known because it has been disclosed publicly and confirmed by the parties, whether it's the Department of Justice, the FBI, the judicial branch, or President Trump himself.
This is what we're talking about. Those are the facts on the ground about a warrant being searched. We know the list of what they were going for. We know what they collected. Everything else right now is speculation until it is confirmed or confirmed to be just completely false. On top of this, we have to wait. As more facts come out, we are basically going to get a more clear picture Meaning if it's nuclear, you know, in nature, for example, there's going to be an indictment. There's going to be something that comes out and says, yes, we are looking for this, in which case, okay, now we know they were looking for nuclear secrets, whatever that is. And so I think that's an important thing to understand. We are going to continue to get a more clear picture as the investigation unfolds. Folds. And I think that's an important thing to understand. I don't care if you think this is a sham. I don't care if you're 100% on board with this. The bottom line is we are essentially are in a wait and see, and that's what it is. So my last point is everybody needs to chill out. Just chill out. We are going to figure this out. We're going to see what happens uh, with this. We're good, bad, or ugly. We are going to get more information that is either going to exonerate President Trump, it's going to possibly indict President Trump, or something in between. We don't know yet. So don't deal in speculation. Don't deal in rumors. Don't deal in your confirmation bias that says fry him or release him or whatever that is in between. Let's deal with the facts, see what happens. And we're going to go from there. And with that, thank you for watching. I'm looking forward to your hate mail, your hate messages, etc. Again, I do not care. I do not care if you love or hate the former president. Just deal in facts. And that's what I'm saying. And thank you so very much for watching this on this very special edition of Breaches of the Week. And please uh, like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online. Please attempt to stay private and please deal in facts, not speculation. Take care all.